What is up, everyone? How we doing? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast. You got Matt. And Tyler. And we got the Coda Bear and the podcast looking around okay, just sitting there wanting to uh, jump in that washing machine over there. And speaking of the podcasts, we have a great conversation today with someone who got very close with the podcasts, I would say, when she was in Against here. her will, probably, but... Against her will. It was fun, and uh, you'll hear us talking about that. This one episode, we recorded it a while back and uh, are getting to release it this week, and we are very excited about it. A girl, our first girl guest that we've got on, and she yeah. is a certified badass. She is awesome. You guys know her, I'm sure. She's got a lot of great music out. She just put out some new music, and uh, we got to have a real great in-depth conversation with Miss Carly Rogers, a native of Vermont who's been living here in Nashville for a while, went to school at Belmont. And uh, has some cool connections both in the mainstream country world, being on Music Row, playing on shows on Dumumbrian Street, Division Street, playing Whiskey Jam, all those cool places, all those cool things. And also having a cool connection with the hip-hop community, more, more, most notably with uh, a Mr. Ryan Upchurch, a.k.a. Upchurch the Redneck. I'm excited for this one, aren't you, Tyler? I am. It's a good conversation. Dude, it's so different from, from the other ones that we've put out so far. So you guys sit back, buckle up your seatbelts, and get ready for a great edition of In the Round featuring lovely, the Miss, beautiful, Carly Rogers. Tyler, hit that music. with one of my favorite people in Nashville. Met her at a bar, which is one of the best places to meet people here in this town. Absolutely. Miss Carly Rogers. Carly, how the hell are you doing? Good, how are you? I am good. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us here today. I like the shirt you got on there. Thank you very much. Now, that's funny. So she's wearing the Hank and Jesus are watching the revival shirt, the old school revival shirt. I actually just got one. I was walking around the Kroger down in Spring Hill, and people were just looking at me. They had no idea what it meant. So they're like, you really love Jesus, don't you? And I'm like, oh, something like that. Something like, like Hank. Northerners <laughs> love Jesus? Yeah, right? Um, but yeah, so you've got a lot going on with you, don't you? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, staying busy. Trying to stay busy, at least. So... Yeah, like this week, like in the past week, you were just hustling a lot. Like yeah. you, you were in Dixon, you were on the radio doing stuff. Yeah, I released a new song. Yeah, the new song. How the hell did I start with that? Damn, that's bad radio right there. Yeah. <laughs> so the new song, it's called Something Slick, right? Say Something, Say something Say Slick. Say Something Slick. Yeah. And I bought it. I sent it to you See? as soon as we bought it. So Yeah, I listened how, to it quite a few times. Yeah. How's Thank that? You. How's that response going on that so far? I know it's still early. It's been like what a week since it's been out. Not even. It's Not been even? about five days. Five days since yeah. it's been out. Awesome. So you guys make sure you check that one out and whatnot. And you've got a bunch. You got a, you've released quite a few songs over the last one. You released um, two different places came out over yep. the last couple months, right? November. Yep. Because I remember when you were when you were writing that when you were working when you were playing that. I went up to a show in um, you were in Cheatham County. Yeah. Well, speaking of Cheatham County, yep. that's something that you're very tired. That's something. That's one of the reasons I was really looking forward to talking to you. Really, to be honest, is to hear what's going on with um with your stuff with Upchurch and whatnot. Because yeah. that's somebody that a lot of people. It's kind of I don't want to say like secretive, but he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't really do like you don't really find out a lot about him. He does a lot on social media and does all that stuff. And I've been a huge fan of his, even when I was growing up in New York. Yeah. Like people listen to him around the country and stuff. How'd you get linked up with doing, with working with him and whatnot? Cause I know you've been in town for what now? Five years? Four and a half. Um, so actually we met back in 2017 
at a birthday party. Um, actually, I was just about to turn 21. And my buddy Taylor had a birthday party, Taylor Phillips. And Ryan was there. And midway through the night, Taylor kind of grabbed me. and was like, Carly, come here. I want you to meet somebody. And, uh, and walked me over to Ryan. I was like, Ryan, this is the girl that I was telling you about. That, you know, she sings, she writes or whatever. She's really cool. And Ryan was like, dude, that's awesome. Nice to meet you. He's like, I'm church. And I was like. I'm church. He goes, I'm church. And I was like. Your mother named you church. He goes, no, like I'm up church. And he was, I go, so your mother named you up church. Like that's your first name. He goes, well, no, it's Ryan. And I was like, oh, hey, Ryan, what's up? I'm Carly. It's so nice to meet you. And he was like, uh, all right. And Taylor kind of grabbed me to like swing in and swoop this co- the, the, the conversation. Cause honestly, like, I just I just want to know your name, you know, like yeah, you're we're just having fun. You're just chilling. We're at a birthday party. Yeah, and uh, which that's not like indicative to how Ryan is whatsoever. Um, but that was just like the first interaction, you know. And it's funny too because I used to watch him on Vine when I was in probably like a freshman in high school or, or eighth grade. We used to watch him on Vine and, and on YouTube. And then in my head, I, I, he kind of like fell off. Like didn't see him on Vine, didn't see him on YouTube, like. Didn't hear another thing about him. I hadn't had Facebook yet. I was only 13 or 14. And uh, so, yeah, like, didn't hear anything more about him. Nobody really listened to his music up there. So, uh, like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, like, yeah, I know who you are, but I'm not going to let you, like, you know, flex on me real quick. Like, what's your name? And so Taylor kind of swooped in to save the situation and was like, yo, like, I've known her for four years. She's, like, she's cool. Like, she's laid back. She's not into the whole like fame thing whatever and uh and she's a really hard worker and Ryan was like well cool well hey like before I leave I'm gonna grab your information whatever maybe we can get in the studio and in my head I was like okay cool like studio like I'm not funny like I'm not really that funny so I don't know why I would be like because he did skits and stuff yeah and uh so like, whatever well two or three months later he hits me up and he was like hey I still want to get in the studio if you want to come down whatever and his studio ends up being like right around the corner from my house really so I'm like yeah I can be there in five minutes like just I'll get in the car and head over I went over and he was like, so what do you want to write today? I go, well, what are we writing? Like, I thought, I don't know what we're doing. He was like, well, do you have any ideas you want to write about? Or like, I can show you some of the songs that I've had. And I was like, songs. He was like, what? So you had no idea about like any of the previous records he had put out? Any of the 10 records he put yeah, out? Yeah, like, no. like Son of the South, Chicken, Chicken Willie, like any of these things that were huge on iTunes or anything. You just knew him as a kid in Vermont. Yeah. No one watching him making redneck jokes and being a crazy yeah. country boy. Well, on, like I knew Taylor Ray Hallbrook saying, and I knew yeah. Luke Combs, like I, you know, because they would sing on their vine, but Ryan was always just being funny. And then come to find out, like, Taylor's song Sutherland I've been listening to that since I was 15 or 16 but I didn't know that Ryan was on it like I thought Taylor was rapping it I thought Taylor was a rapper so like I had no idea and then he was like yes what song you want to write and I was like oh that's what we're doing well okay well we're gonna have to go out go about this a little bit differently and uh you know so I was like hey and and because of of who he was or whatever I was like I'm you know I'm gonna like record all this. I want. I'm gonna date, timestamp it, whatever. Because you just never know. Like writing with new people, I always take voice memos anyway. But I always preface with like, "Hey, I'm gonna record all this, put on a voice memo, work tape, whatever. I'll email it to you so that we both got it, and um, and just play my cards safe or whatever." And ended up writing this song called "Step on It" that night. Within 30 minutes, had it demoed, and um, the next day he texted me back or texted me again and was like, "Hey, come back in the studio or whatever if you want to." And we wrote Cowboy that second night within like an hour or so. 
So yeah, it was really cool. Which I think I told you the night that I met you. It's that night. That was a that was a Thursday night. It was after Whiskey Jam with Cody Purvis. And if anybody knows Cody Purvis, he is an <laughs> awesome dude. I love him yeah. like a brother. I that was the Cody. that was the night that his song drink that his single Drinking Terms dropped. He was headlining uh-huh. Whiskey Jam and I was out with him and his brother and it was just and and, and uh, Ethan, Ethan Willis was out with us too. And we were just working our way down to Mumbrey and we ended up being at this bar and you were sitting at the bar. I was sitting at the bar with uh, my buddy Shelton and I just ordered pizza to the bar because yeah. the kitchen was closed. And and you got up to go to the bathroom, and she looked at me and was like, I just met you. I know your name's Matt, but will you guard this pizza with your life? Okay, also, total side note beforehand, Matt was like, oh, like, I'm kind of new here. What's up, everybody? Like, how are you doing? Whatever comes up, makes friends at the bar. And I'm like, like, around my pizza, and you guys know how I am with pizza. I'm like, hey, man, like, I thought you were just some Vandy kid coming up and being like, hey, can I was slice of your pizza? And I was, like, so defensive. <laughs> I was like, um... Hi, and my friend Shelton was sitting right there, and Shelton always just has a chip on his shoulder anyway, yeah. so he was just like, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? Matt's like, oh, nothing, just, you know, just hanging out. Like, it was a night with Cody Purvis, so we were all a little, little cranked up. <laughs> and, but he's like, so what do you guys do? And I was like, oh, I'm a nurse. And Shelton's like, yeah, man, I uh, like I sing and write because Shelton doesn't sing, and I'm not a nurse. And we were messing with Matt, and he's like, oh, so like you guys know each other? And Shelton's like, nope, like never met this girl before. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking she's just talking to this random guy, and I'm I'm like, I don't want to intrude. Is he trying to spit game with her? And then I got Cody Purvis running around the bar. I'm trying to watch him too, and, and, Logan. Ethan, and Logan and Ethan, and there's like a whole just crew that were probably like and it's ten people circus in there. Like, this is like the closing very, time. Yeah, it was like one forty-five, two o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. <laughs> It was like like a couple weeks into me being in town. And, yeah. Well, and, and Shelton and I kept the poker face like so solid. Like we very had well. it. And then all of a sudden, like I looked over at Shelton and I looked down at my pizza and I looked at Matt and was like, oh, I got to be so bad. And I, I'm so, I feel horrible for being such a jerk to this guy. So I was like, hey man, it was all a joke. I play music. He does a little bit of everything. Can you just watch my pizza while I go to the bathroom because I don't trust Shelton not to eat it? <laughs> Matt's like, yeah, like, why'd you lie to me, though? <laughs> the question is, what kind of pizza was it? It though? was barbecue chicken from Dolce Vita with no bacon or onions. <laughs> it was but, a good-looking slice of pizza. But that's the yeah. only place I get barbecue chicken from. Anywhere else, I get cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Like Domino's? Like Domino's. Like yeah. we just ate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, had to, we had to order some Domino's, the official pizza of Miss Carly Rogers. Yes. <laughs> um, but then she introduced herself. And I, so I was like, what's your name? And she's like, Carly Rogers. I'm like, wait a second. I, I know that name. And she's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, you are you sang on um, on the Upchurch's Supernatural record. You, you and there were a couple songs because Rizzy Myers was on a couple songs too. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, that fucking cowboy. And she's like, yeah, I wrote that with Ryan. I'm like, oh shit, damn. <laughs> this is what happens. You meet people that you, you were listening to up north at like two in the morning at a freaking bar on a doghouse on a Thursday night. And yeah. damn. And then I think I went out to see, uh, it was like a week or might have been that weekend, County. yeah. I've been Cheatham County at that little up at that little bar and whatnot. Yeah, sidelines, good yeah. place. Yeah, it's really awesome food on Friday nights. They have this, uh, they like grill out steaks and medallions and stuff like that. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, so that so so something I got to ask you. So obviously you hang out in Mumbrian a lot. You're buddies with a lot of the crew that plays at Revival Whiskey Jam. You you get you're you're part of that songwriter circuit. Yeah. You're you're in you're one of you're one of you're one almost like one of the guys. You're a girl, but you're you're in that group like with all those people that are writing and a lot of with music growing stuff. But then you're also with the connected throughout church with this country rap thing, which yeah. is such 
the opposite, such as like, I don't want to say like anti-music, but like kind of like the, just opposite, you know, where it's like yeah. different. So how does that, how does that all work with you kind of being where you're writing songs with Demon Jones and Upchurch and all those guys, and then you're in these writers' rooms and you're working on Music Row and stuff? Like, what is that kind of like? You know, it hasn't, two? well, it's, it's funny. You're the first person to ask that because I've done a lot of con- uh, uh, podcasts and, and radio interviews recently and um you're the first person to ask that and and I don't know maybe people haven't wanted to See, or, I, I just I love both scenes love I'm that. passionate about both scenes like even going back to what Colt Ford and the Lax were doing say like five to seven years ago like yeah. I've always been a fan of that hip-hop country rap scene yeah and then coming down here and seeing just how different it is like how the two are are just so different from each other and whatnot and you're you're involved in both and yeah. you're playing at those bars in Georgia where hip hop and country rap is so big and you're mm-hmm. playing those writers rounds. Just how do you, how do you balance being in both? You know? Yeah, no, it's, I've gotten really good and, and maybe it started when I was younger, but like I always, I always was good at keeping different types of friend groups and not because I'm one person with one set of friends and another person with another set of friends. But I feel like I've just always been able to get along with the theater and, and music kids and the athletes and, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with either group in my personal opinion. Um, but for whatever reason, different cliques and different friends groups or, or what have you, um, they don't always see eye to eye on stuff. And it hasn't always been easy. I remember when I first started writing and, and working with Ryan, half my friends on the other side of the team were like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. And then the other half, like, kind of, like, disowned me. And we're really? like, if she's working with him, like, we can't really – work with her anymore because she's she's doing that that's, thing and that, that's fucked up because it's, it's, ryan's putting out great music and as is demon as is anybody in that kind of country rap that redneck nation circuit yeah. there's there's they're putting out great tunes just like everybody's doing on on the other side yeah. you know well and it's all it's the industry thing and it's the people who are afraid of getting the backlash um or are afraid of getting the What's the word I'm looking for? I guess like the repercussions that come from music row and and that side of the industry with working with him. So working with him is a little bit more taboo on on music row. And I've even had people being like, hey, it's awesome that you're like trying to make career moves and trying to to further yourself in your career. But just so you know, if you continue to work with this person, nobody else is going to want to work with you on music row, whether that's publishers, labels, management, PR, like it's and it's and it's because of the way that Ryan Puts himself out there, I think, on social media because he is so real and he refuses to put a, a filter on. He carries a flag of, of being the independent artist. Like he he loves and he and he he and I I've always been a fan of that. Like back up north, um, the local scene very big on independent artists. And when I was doing college radio, independent acts, which at the time Luke was independent. At the time, Brett Young was all these names that we got that the the went and blew up they were independent musicians like everybody kind of starts somewhere and and there's something about having rights to your own music and just doing it yourself you know like which is why i love like my own lane and like songs that other songs that ryan's put out about well yeah well and and but the reason that that happened was because ryan has an image of look i don't care what anybody thinks i'm gonna be who i want to be and that's a little bit rough around the edges it's a little bit more vocal it's a little bit less reserved and it's a little bit less concerned about making friends and, and shaking hands. And it's more about doing what you want to do and what makes you happy. And and I think that both sides encompass that. But the other side and the music row side and the industry side is more willing to 
be friends with people even if they don't want to be or or to shake hands with people in order to do something that like they want to do but it's not you know it's just it's that whole the whole business mentality as opposed to just being a really good like just doing it off of just starting your own business as opposed to being in a corporate business you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. and i think that with Ryan um the independent music thing, he had to do it himself because nobody else was going to do that for him. He wasn't going to get signed or picked up by a label. And if he was, it was going to be a terrible deal where Ryan was going to be super mega famous and have all these followers and play these awesome shows, but he wasn't going to make his money. And you want to know what Ryan said? Whatever. And there's another guy in the like the hip-hop and rap Atlanta, New York music scene named Russ, and Russ did the same thing. Russ put out 11 mixtapes, 12 songs each, 10 songs each, all mixed, mastered, produced, wrote, sang, and rapped by him, harmonies by him, and just put it out there on SoundCloud. And and he had the same mentality that Ryan did where it's like, and they're both about the same age, 26, and they both had the mentality of like, I'm going to put this out, it's going to be a smash. And then it wasn't. Well, it was like, okay, well, then the next one's going to be a smash. Well, it wasn't. Okay, well, then the next one's going to be a smash and just did it and did it and did it. And I think that that's much harder and that's a harder way to do it. But if nobody else is going to help you do it, if nobody else is going to be like, hey, here's my hand, like I'm just going to launch you up, then you have to climb up, you know. And some people get the launch and some people have to climb. And I think that, you know, I think that that's that's just the side of the industry and then the two separate sides. I'm not going to name any names, but I legitimately had a whole group of friends who worked in the industry on Music Row, management, label, um, PR and publishing that all work together that were like, well, you made that decision. Now you're gonna, you, you, you made that bed. You have to lie in it because the two don't get along. But the side, you've got a huge following. I don't want to say you're very talented. You're Thank very, you. you're a fucking great songwriter. You're an awesome person. You're funny as shit on Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff. Like you're, just, you're, you've got a great personality and everything. And that's something that the that the side of the country rap community they love that they love that you're real. Yeah. And that you're you're just very similar to what Ryan's doing and what all those guys and girls in that scene are doing and whatnot. Now another co-writer that I've Love that you've that you've clever. I had no idea until I think you actually played it at Whiskey Row. You were hanging out at Whiskey Row. You were playing with Ryan Nelson. Yeah, that was the first time I heard you mention that you had written a song with Brian Davis. Yeah, Brian's another guy that we had back in the college radio days that no we way. had on, and he actually called us when he was in a writing room with Brian, with Ben Gallagher. Yeah, and he said that they were in a room for about eight hours, but he was still going to call anyway. They finished a, a bottle of Jack Daniels, and they they came in, they called it and did the interview, and then we got to see him on the, on the tour with uh, Brantley yeah. and Luke and Tucker Bethard and stuff. How'd you get hooked up with Brian Davis? Like, cause he's a it's another such a crazy another, story. <laughs> another, another super cool guy. Which that's what's cool. You have a good eye of like. Who's just like you? Just associate with really nice people, like with Thank like you. super nice, cool people that are also talented. Well, and it's not even the word associate, like and I'm okay, not friend. Like, you, it. your friendship. Well, but the 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 cool thing is, is that it's it's not even like so. Both are super random. So like Taylor brought me to Ryan, literally just walked me over to him. Brian hit me up on. So it's just such a weird story. Okay, so I'm gonna start from the beginning. So I get this little like. I have a really hard time staying in one place for too long. Like I feel you. And it, and it's because of the fact that like I've gotten used to being gone every weekend when I am home for more than a weekend or two at a time. I'm like going stir crazy. Like I've 
done everything that I can possibly think of. I don't need to do anything else. I need to just go somewhere. And I've always been that way. We grew up traveling a lot. And so it's just always like between sports and just traveling and vacations and BMX racing and stuff like that. So, you know, we just traveled so much. And so I get a little tick. Well, I had had like three weeks in a row off. So the second weekend I made a plan and I was like, I'm just taking off. I'm not telling anybody. Um, my parents have a, 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 a place in Florida that they use as a vacation home. Um, and so I just kind of texted my mom and I was like, Hey, I'm going to drive down to Florida. I know you guys are home in Vermont, but I'm, I'm going to go down to Florida. I just need a weekend with the dog just to like my own little writer's retreat yeah. basically is what it is, you know, and it's getting far enough. I mean, it's very far from Nashville, obviously, but it's far enough from like anybody, any place that I already like know of anything. And, and it also kind of feels like home at the same time. So went down there and the first night I got there, I just sat around the house, drank a few, a, not a few, a bunch of beers and, uh, <laughs> eventually switched over and, and was drinking, was drinking some whiskey and, uh, I was listening to music and one hell of an amen came on. Phenomenal song. And um, absolutely a, a, a Brian Davis, Brantley Gilbert classic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a great, great tune. And so I was like, you know what? Well, screw it. Like I'm going to cover the song. And so I set my phone up. I like tried to find a place in the house, a good spot, set my phone up and I'm hammered. Like, hammered to the point where I thought this was a good idea to take a video of me singing. You know the saying, like, best friends don't let best friends sing drunk. Yeah. 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 Well, I wish I had had a best friend. Or I wish Willie could talk to me at that point. I think he tried. I sat down on the floor and started playing, and he came up. And it took me so long to take this video because Willie wouldn't leave me alone. And Willie was probably saying, like, hey, don't post this. You sound horrible. Willie was being your best friend. He was trying, but Willie I wasn't the, listening. Willie the Road Dog, follow him on Instagram. <laughs> Typical woman. I was misconstruing him, like advising me not to do something as him supporting me doing something. So anyway, I uh, was post or I was making the video or whatever. I posted it on Instagram. I didn't even listen to it. I just was like, one take, it's fine. Posting it. Great song. Didn't sound very good the next morning. But I woke up to a message from uh from Brian on Instagram saying, Hey, uh, Saw your cover because I always tag the songwriters. Yeah, like songwriters, listen to me. If you ever post a cover video, I don't know why I'm looking at the microphone as if they're like they can hear me in there. You do but, it, yeah. But no, but like listen, like if you ever make a cover video, tag the songwriter. And I tagged Brian. I tagged Brantley, and Brian messaged me and was like, "Hey, girl, like loved your cover." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and he, uh, but he goes, "I'd love to write with you sometime." Um, which I thought was kind of strange because at the time I only had like 6,000 followers, which wasn't a lot as compared to what I've got now. And yeah. um, so I was a little taken aback, but I was like, oh, like, is this real or what? Like, so I texted my buddy J.D. Groover and was like, hey, like, Brian Davis just messaged me. Like, I know that you work with him and your buddies with him, whatever. And he was like, yeah, actually, he texted me last night and was like, hey, what's up with this? Carly Rogers chick, like, you know her, and he put in a good word for me, so Brian hit me up, and, and we wrote, and we wrote this one song the first day called Drunk Side of Drinkin', and then he brought me into a write with him and Thomas Archer, and... Wow. Yeah. Damn. That escalated quickly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, sorry, I tell stories, like, no, the, no, 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 no. worst. No, 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 that, that's just awesome how it can lead to that, and... I even deleted the video because I thought it was so awful. Like, I thought it was trash, so I deleted the video, but he... <laughs> Yeah, and it was and it was weird. We got in the room that day, and uh, we tossed around a couple ideas, and he was like, well, I got this one. He goes, based off your Instagram, looks like you like to drink a little bit like I do. And he uh, he was like, I had this idea. He's called Drunk Side of Drinking. 
And I was like, ooh, that's really cool. And we started swapping stories or whatever. But I have this tendency to have an interest in, in men or well, guys. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say men so far. But uh, <laughs> that <laughs> no, but that are just like they're not, you know, they're covered in tattoos, which isn't a bad thing. I like tattoos, but like they, you know, this, not the great ones. Like they're the ones that are kind of like oh, I should have never gotten that tattoo kind of thing. But, uh, but like, scarred knuckles, like, they like to fight, drinking, smoking, like, just always had an interest in guys like that, and it's always done me wrong. And uh, so I'm working on that, but we started talking about it, and he was like, dude, like, let's have a conversation with ourselves at the bar with a bartender about this type of person that obviously, like, you're interested in but is not good for you and why it's not good for you anymore. So that's where that, that song came from, and... um then we went into the room with, with Thomas Archer. So the three of us wrote this song, and it's kind of anthem Um, but it's called My Last Call. <laughs> and uh, it's called My Last Call, and it's just about, like, living every every minute to the fullest and right up until last call. So That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Those guys are no slouches. Like, to get in a room with those guys, that's hard to do. Yeah. Like, those are two very talented songwriters. Like, and when did – so how long ago was that? Uh, Brian and I wrote that right before Thanksgiving, um, drunk side of drinking. And then we'd gotten in two rights at the end, like right after Thanksgiving and then, um, right before Christmas with, with Thomas. So, and it was really cool. Um, we've got a couple more rights set up, but it was, uh, it was really cool. And the fact that it just was based off of somebody else's recommendation and that's how small Nashville is. Like I could be like, Hey, Tyler, what do you think of this Matt guy? And Matt could be like, oh, or Tyler could be like, oh, don't talk to him. He's awful or whatever. Or he could be like, oh, he's great. Like you should absolutely like hang out or whatever or, or, or work with him or what have you. And so, but it's it's that easy to, to have somebody flip that switch. And that's to me like why in Nashville, like you never burn a bridge because you never know who that person is going to go ask about you. Mm-hmm. And if it happened to me a couple of months ago where somebody so I'm a sound engineer and all, and somebody asked a guy about me for a big job, and the guy was like, no, he's, like, I had a bad gig with him one night, and he was like, mm-mm, and that was, like, my gatekeeper for that gig. Yeah. So. And it is. Yeah. But I've also, I've been that gatekeeper, too, for people. And yeah. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so petty. And not necessarily petty, but I hold a grudge really bad. And I've had a couple people that have really done me dirty and they'll come up now and be like, oh, hey, like, saw you doing this. Like, do you think you could do this for me? It's like, no. Or, hey, like, do you know this person? Uh, What have you? Like, I, you know, heard about them or they shot me a message on Instagram wanting to write. And it looks like the same thing that Brian did to JD. I've had like people ask me and about other people. I'm like, no, like, don't do it because either this or this or that or whatever. So. So basically just don't burn any bridges yeah, <laughs> in exactly. Nashville because people will call upon mutual friends and whatnot. So talk about Nashville. What brought you from – so you're originally from Vermont. You're yeah. a New England girl. Yeah. How would you get into playing music? Did you play the circuit up there at all as like a young kid? How would you get in this whole music thing? Yeah, so I uh, I started singing. Um, my first ever like performance in front of anybody was at a BMX race. I used to race BMX when I was younger. And we learned the national anthem in the first grade, and and we learned how to sing it. Well, the school year started once, like 
when we were in the process of doing state qual- state qualifiers. So the BMX season would basically be year round, but it'd be mostly like from um, besides Christmas, it'd be like March all the way up until like October, November. We'd travel, and um, the end of the year we'd be down in Louisville, Kentucky, or whatever. But so basically, long story short, uh, we had state qualifiers. They were the biggest races in uh, my hometown and in the area of the year. Well, we just learned how to sing the national anthem. So I went up to the track director and I was five, went up to the track director and was like, Hey, Mr. Buck, can I sing the national anthem? And he was like, well, do you, do you know how to sing the national anthem? And I was like, well, yeah, like I just learned it in school. And he was like, well, all right, well, come on. And, uh, and so I was, I was the third lap of the day and my parents see Mr. Buck, like walking me up to the announcer's tower, which is in the middle of the track. And my parents are like, what are you doing? Like, you should be in staging. Like, what are you doing? You got a race to do. What are you doing here? And I'm just like, <laughs> hi, guys. And I'm just running up there, whatever. And the announcer's tower, it's all the way. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with motocross or BMX or whatever, but the track or the tower goes above the track so the announcer can, like, commentate on what's going on. And But when you get up there, there's barriers and stuff so you don't fall out of it. And I couldn't see over them. So I couldn't see how many people. It just looked like I was singing just to Mr. Buck. And turns out there was like 1,500 people there that day. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't know. And I like had my helmet on and everything like ready to go because I had to sprint right up to the track, like so I get up to the gate so I can get in staging. And, um, my parents, like after I got to staging, they're like, what were you doing? Like, what are you thinking? I was like, I don't know. I just asked. (laughs) And, uh, but that was my first performance. They continued to have me do it throughout the years. And that was in my hometown. So, um, other people would hear me or, or would hear about it, and and I got some newspaper coverage. So I started doing um, like the local parades, baseball, basketball, like high school and middle school sporting events and stuff. Did that all the way up through high school. Never really played in bars except for like karaoke at different restaurants and stuff if we traveled. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, it's changed over the years. You're like dr- what's my current? You're, you're drunk off your ass. You're at Santa's Pub. And I'm making a fool of myself. And, you're and like, don't you're, care. You want you want, yeah. You're you want to, You're like, I'm gonna sing this right now. Damn it, these people are gonna listen. I'm doing in the club by Fifty Cent. Oh, oh awesome. yeah, there you go. G unit. No, that's awesome. You found me in the club, <laughs> bottle full of bub. Look, mommy, I got that. You didn't take drugs. Yeah, but I know, I know, like, I know the whole song, and uh, I grew up listening to a lot of Fifty Cent. Actually, believe it or not. So you so you go from singing hometown shows and doing that. How'd you? So I applied to school. Yeah, so I was doing music and stuff still. And uh, my grandmother told me when I was 13, you got to move to Nashville. Like, if you're going to be playing music, you got to move to Nashville. I played piano and I got, like, vocal lessons and stuff as a kid. Um, And then I was in band and chorus and stuff in in middle school. And then in high school, I didn't really do band. I did chorus a little bit. But my grandmother was like, you have to move to Nashville. That's, like, where you got to be. I went to Nashville one time in the 80s or the 90s or something. And it was just that's where that's the place to be now. And so I was like, all right. So I applied to one college. It was originally going to be Vanderbilt. But uh, somebody told me about Belmont, and I was like, that is much more affordable. It's much more reasonable. Like, I'm smart, but I really don't want to have to, like, it sounds horribly lazy. My parents are going to be so disappointed, but I really didn't want to have to work that hard for my grades when I was really trying to pursue a music career. Yeah. Um, Like, that was the deal my parents had. I think it's sad that you're saying that Belmont is, like, you know, more affordable and all because... I mean, compared to Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, compared, compared to Vanderbilt. Compared to and compared to a lot of the schools yeah. in the Northeast. The Northeast yeah, gets true. very expensive. But, so... Yeah. yeah. So you... Like, and it was out-of-state tuition. Yeah. And yeah. still yeah. a lot more affordable than the schools back then. I mean, I went, to a, yeah. I went to a college here in town that nobody will know, but uh, it was, like, I think 30 grand a year. Yeah. And my parents were, like... 
how are you going to pay for this? Like, how are you ever going to pay for this? Yeah, so. well, Belmont's four, but Vandy's or Belmont's forty, but Van, and this is without any financial aid, yeah. anything like that. Um, but they priced it at four or forty, and and Vanderbilt's sixty. Yeah. So it's a third. It's two thirds of the price. Yeah, look at you doing math. I think and that stuff. was right. Math. <laughs> but so yeah, but I uh, I got I got accepted right into Belmont, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll move to Nashville, and came down for orientation, didn't leave, got a job down on Broadway. What were um, you doing on Broadway? I was singing at Tootsie's. You were singing at Tootsie's, so I, you're so that you're, was like my grandmother was like my nana. She goes, "You gotta sing at Tootsie's. If you sing at Tootsie's, you've made it. <laughs> like that's the spot. I've seen it on all the TV shows, and I used to watch this reality show my senior year called Crazy Hearts Nashville with uh, Anthony Billups, and there's like f- five other people. It was like a it was a reality TV show like Jersey Shore, except it was Nashville musicians. Yeah. And I can't remember the other guys on it, but I just played a show with one of them. Um, oh, it's going to kill me now that I can't remember his name. But Billups is a buddy of mine now and stuff. But I used to watch them when I was like 16 and was like, I'm going to be there. Like, that's what I want to yeah. do. And so it was really cool. But yeah, then moved down here and started playing the Tootsies. Played there for about a year solid. That's why it sounds like I smoke cigarettes. I've never smoked a cigarette, <laughs> but it was so hard to play there. And um, and then I stopped, and then I started again, and here we are. So playing the so you're how old playing playing on Broadway? I was seventeen. So you're seventeen. So we have some friends that are that are younger. Especially I'm not younger. seventeen now. I know you're not. Yeah. I know. I know you're not. I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. But um, I, we have some some friends here in town that are that are actually students at Belmont, young ladies that are that are getting their start playing at like places like the stage and playing at like yeah. AJ's and playing that circuit. What's it like? Doing that, what's it like playing the Broadway? Like you come down from your small town in Vermont, your yeah. hometown, and you end up and you're playing in front. You're playing the Broadway circuit. Like yeah. that's that's where there's just so much going on. Like it's the home of the the musicians that are trying to make it here in town. What was um what was that like? That jump. I thought that I was famous. Like I thought that I was guaranteed. Like this is better than American Idol. And I thought American Idol was the shit. Like, I thought American Idol was, like, it. Like, if you're on American Idol, you make it. And I never put two and two together. I was like, you don't really hear many people off of American Idol anymore. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, I thought I'd made it, and and it was... But it was tough. I was playing five, six, seven nights a week down there. Wow. Sometimes doubles. Just add... And I always had a lost voice. I always sounded like... Like, I almost completely damaged my... Now, now were you... Now, were you... So, were you the front... The front man in the band, or were you, or were you one of so so you do you so you were just playing like how did you get involved in doing that? Did you just go in there and ask, or did you find musicians that were looking for a girl to sing, or like how does that all come? Yeah, so Tootsie's they have a um, they have an open mic every Saturday from noon to two, and you go in, sign up or whatever. And I just was kind of walking around down there with a fake ID, and somebody told me like I just asked like how do I get starting to play in here? Like I sing or whatever. I just moved to town. They're like, come to our open mic. What? No, just the fact that you, have the, <laughs> that you're going in there with, you, you got the fake, fake ID, ID yeah. and you're using that. And that's what gets you started singing. My parents helped me pay for it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, she's got it. Cause my parents had never been in Nashville. They're like, well, it only makes sense because when she played, I played a couple bars back home, like twice in my hometown. But when I did, they were very adamant. Like your parents have to like, cause it was a small enough town. Like they knew who I was. Yeah. They're like, you can't come in here at 15 years old with like no parents. Like you can't just be playing in here. Even if you're not going to drink, like I just don't know. And that's a liability. I can't have you in here. Yeah. So my parents would have to be there. And so they're like, well, we'll just get her a fake ID. It's not like she hasn't been hanging out in bars her whole life. Cause my <laughs> parents like to drink too. So, uh, we used to go and like eat dinner and stuff and at the bars and 
I'd get up and sing karaoke or whatever. And, that's, yeah. <laughs> that, no, but that's just such a that's such a such a Nashville thing. Like the college kid at Belmont who's got the fake ID goes yeah. in, sings the open mic at Tootsie's, gets the gig, and then how long were you gigging on there for? About a year, and then I uh, I started dating this guy. It didn't work out, but I was really focused on that, and like moved in together and stuff, and just was super focused on it. Um, and and started focusing on school and him instead of school and music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my attention started focusing elsewhere. And uh, and we were together for a couple of years and stuff, and I like pretty much stopped. Like I wasn't writing, I wasn't playing uh, writers rounds. I'd start playing writers rounds with Taylor Phillips and Luke and guys like that, and like stopped doing that completely. Stopped writing, stopped playing shows on Broadway. Um, started bartending for. Oh. <laughs> We good, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. You guys <laughs> Ty- to- Tyler's got that blank look on his face, and he's playing with our little fancy red box that controls the microphone <laughs> inputs over there. It's not a little scary. So you were playing writer's rounds on, like, the Mumbrian and music, the Music Row area? Well, like, actually, Valentine had started doing writer's rounds, so Taylor Phillips had had me playing with him there. Valentine? Yeah. Valentine? Yeah. Really? Wow. That was I'd... before he got married, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, um... So yeah, and then I just stopped and stopped for a couple of years and was bartending and was kind of like I just got I just, I just got burnt out too at the same time. So that was why it was such an easy. It wasn't like I was necessarily like boy crazy or anything like that. I just was like, well, I'm really happy with this and I'm happy that with this and I'm so young and maybe I just need to take a break from music because playing on Broadway was rough. Like yeah, I'd been drugged down there and like it was. It was just more than I was biting off more than I could chew being so young and being down there. And I just had to step back and be like, okay, wait, like this is very rigorous. This is too much. Like I just need to take a step back. So I don't really play on Broadway much anymore. And if I do, or if I do, it's, it's acoustic because the full band shows are just, they're brutal for four hours singing by yourself. They're just insane. Yeah. And singing covers. You have to know, that's what I get so impressed by. I got, I've said this before. I have no musical ability whatsoever. I, I can, I can talk and I can bullshit and do all that stuff. But like the fact that you, you can just know any song, you got these people playing, asking for requests, yeah. and you have to just know so much. And you're going through school, you're in a new place, learning all these songs, yeah. and trying to please all these people, dealing with assholes at and the drinking. bar, yeah, and, and and dealing with assholes at the bar, <laughs> yeah. which I know is a big thing for especially young girls on Broadway. That, that happens quite a bit, yeah, and and all that stuff. But I mean, look at where you're at now. Like fast forward to. You got the big following. You're playing shows. You're you're organizing yeah. great charity events like what you did this past weekend. Which how did that go? By the way, I'm so sorry <laughs> we couldn't freaking make it. She hit me up and was like, "You better be there." And I was like, "I kind of don't want to respond because I don't want to disappoint her." But at the same <laughs> time, ghosting is not the right way to go about it either. But you had a great show out in Dixon. Yeah, uh, talk about that real quick. Yeah, it was really cool. So, um, total plug. Operation Finally Home is an organization that works for veterans who. Um, they're wounded overseas when they're when they're serving our country and when they come back they're either unable to support themselves and their family or they're unable to be able to financially um basically live in a home that's suitable for them and their families after the fact due to um lack of ability to get a job or or because of mental you know mental not illness that's the wrong word but the the impact that overseas had them and serving in in war and the trauma so um, this past weekend we had organized an event for this veteran. His name is Josh Ferguson and he was a, he's a retired army veteran. 
He was blown up overseas. I believe he's Army. I really hope that I didn't just misspeak, but I may have. But I'm pretty sure he was Army, but he got um, he was affected overseas. He lost his leg. He's an amputee. And he has three beautiful children and a wife. They live in Dixon, Tennessee. And um, so Operation Finally Home partnered with a construction company that um, builds homes. And so they're going to build Josh a home. Awesome. And so that's what this fundraiser was for, which actually we raised enough money to completely cover all of the, the – um, cost for the roof. Wow. So, like, built a whole roof, and this is a beautiful home. It's not just, like, a like a, a normal home. Like, this is a, a home with donated products and stuff like that to give this person the room and the space and the home that they deserve, mortgage-free, cost-free. Wow. Yeah, all they have to do is just start paying on it once they move in. So, like, taxes and, and stuff like that. That's so. awesome. And you got a good crew that played that show with you. Yeah. I, so, was, I was like, this lineup, how the hell did this, did this girl and this group put that together? That was... That was a killer lineup that you had, too. Yeah, so um, Mitzi Spann, who who runs a construction company that has partnered with Operation Finally Home, trusted me to to ask a bunch of my friends. Luckily, I have some really awesome and talented friends who are willing to do it. Um, William Michael Morgan uh, headlined the show. Rob Snyder and Trey Bruce. Um, Rob Snyder has, I mean, all their accolades. Yeah. But um, specifically, she got the best me by Luke Combs. Trey Bruce has copious amounts of number one hits for Andy Travis and Faith Hill and Rebecca Lynn Howard and all these different people, Carrie Underwood. Um, and then before them was Matt Wynn from The Voice and Aaron Ashley, who wrote uh, Luke Holmes, Lonely One. Um, James Dupre and Clay Cormier, both Louisiana boys. James is on The Voice. Clay is just a really awesome singer, songwriter, guitar player. Um, Hunter Price, Tyler Rain, and then Allie Colleen and myself. That's that's a that's a, like a, that's a hot a hot ticket. That's yeah. like a ticket that I see that in New York. I'm like I'm going like around anywhere anywhere and like you're going. Dollars and it, and, was, and it was a donation. Yeah, and, and it was all donation. So that is awesome. I'm so glad that went. Yeah, well none of that money good. came back to us, which was awesome. All those ticket sales and bar sales and stuff. Like the venue was awesome. Bulldogs out there in Dixon, Tennessee. They uh they donated part of their bar sales and their door sales after the entire concert. Like we played again, like another cover set, basically like a Broadway band set. And uh, they continued to charge at the door to be able to still continue wow. to donate. And so, yeah, so it was really, really awesome. Um, we ended up being at capacity, I'm pretty sure. And and my parents surprised me. And, like, people, other people's parents were able to come out and stuff and support in the donations. And So cool. So, yeah, it was really cool. That's so cool. That's that's the, the power of music that you get that you can do great things like that and do awesome things like that. So why don't you take a second, get that guitar already, take a take a little break off right there. Yeah. And uh, you're going to be singing a song for what song you want to sing for us? I think I'm going to do a brand new one. I've been hooked on it recently. I wrote it with uh, my buddies Dan Alley and Sam Banks. And I'm just like, it's not released. I may not even cut it. One of them might cut it or somebody else might, but I just love this song. So um, it's called Somewhere Else. Somewhere Else? All right, cool. Yeah. Why don't you get that guitar ready real quick? You guys, for In The Round, you guys can follow us. We just got the Instagram all set up. Uh, shout out to our video coordinator producer, Dakota Bear, for uh, getting all that together. Uh, you can follow us at In The Round Podcast on Instagram. You can also find us In The Round on Facebook. In the Podcast.com. We bought the domain. Me and Tyler were putting some, uh, putting some money into this thing, so we're having yeah, a real good time, man, and... Tyler, you got anything you want you want to leave the people with before we let Miss Carly Rogers sing here? I'm good. You're good? <laughs> yeah. Dude, also, side note real quick. It is February right now when we're recording this, and I'm wearing shorts and slippers, and it is awesome because back home is, like, covered in snow, and it is fucking cold, and 
I get to wear a t-shirt and shorts, and I love being in the South in it's the winter. This is winter, <laughs> though. Like, <laughs> like it's seventy. It's winter. Like I'm from South Alabama. You know, like for Christmas it's eighty-five, and we're going to the beach in board shorts and tank tops. You know, this is. This is as cold as it gets. <laughs> well, I absolutely love it. Well, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, let your friends know. Uh, let um, any songwriters that are out there listening to this, you want to get involved, you want to come aboard, hit up, hit us up on Instagram. We'll get back to you and definitely uh, set you up. We're also going to have a YouTube channel and all of that kicking real soon. So without further ado, here's Carly Rogers with Somewhere Else. Drinking all this whiskey. Mixed up with a Whitley song Should've known it was gonna hit me Night after night alone I wouldn't call it good timing There's a time for everything But I called a conversation Through the smoke I heard him say Someone somewhere else Holding on to what I had They better hold on tight Cause when he's gone Then he don't come back And where he was with me Ain't who he was meant to be He's better off as far as I can tell I'm just someone somewhere else I called for another shot Something to chase that memory down Took my mind to where I'm not Where I'm wishing I was now Someone, somewhere else Is holding on to what I had They better hold on tight Cause when he's gone Man, he don't come back I'm just someone somewhere else No, it's too late now It's just something I gotta wrap my head around Someone somewhere else Is holding on to what I had Yeah, they better hold on tight when he's gone when he Just someone somewhere else